This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at DCAUReview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome, everyone, to episode 79 of the DCAU Review. I'm Cal, and with me, as he always is, our host, Liam. Liam, another episode of Batman the Animated Series under our belts this week with uh, a fun little standalone episode called The Cape and Cow Conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't really have any connection to the larger series. It doesn't feature any recurring villains. But it is, in and of itself, a pretty fun, enjoyable 22 minutes. Absolutely. Um, so this episode originally aired on October the 14th, 1992, so another one of our 27-year-old episodes coming in here. Uh, so, Liam, this is a fun episode that we discussed overall. This one is near and dear to us, one of our favorites growing up. So it'll be interesting to see how it sticks uh, as far as scores are concerned. We'll get into our scorecard in just a moment. Before we do, as you do every week, go ahead and read us our official IMDB synopsis for this week's episode. Yeah, and this is an episode for The Cape and Cow Conspiracy, which is written by Elliot S. Megan and directed by Frank Parr. And that synopsis reads as such. A master designer of death traps is hired to take Batman's cowl and cape. That doesn't get more succinct to the point than that, I don't think. No, and uh, that is sort of the, the crust of this episode. So this episode is actually based on a comic from the 1970s, Detective Comics number 450, in fact, which was actually written by uh, the same man who wrote our episode today, Elliot S. Magan, so it's cool that they got the original writer to come back and, and sort of rewrite this episode for TV, um, as, and the artist was Walter Simonson on that issue. Um, so it's kind of interesting. So we start out, we get this like sort of cold open where this uh, diplomat is bringing some Verabons to a location. He's somehow being blackmailed into doing this. Uh, he gives over the Dons, but then is dropped into a quicksand death trap. And from there, we kind of... Batman decides to go on this mission to figure out who this guy is and how he's... Uh, where these bonds have gone. And they, they he and Gordon sort of put together that it's this well-known uh, interrogator known as Josiah Wormwood. The international death trap master who is, uh, Batman is familiar with him. And Gordon is familiar enough that he gives us all the exposition that we need. (laughs) Ah, yes. (laughs) The international death trap master that is world-renowned. Why would he be in Gotham? Um, yeah. It's, uh, there's a little bit of exposition there because they're introducing this character who's never been mentioned before, never be mentioned again. Right. And you kind of have to establish who he is. Um, yeah, so they, they do that. 
And then the episode sort of goes on from there. Batman links him to a another sort of I guess he's a diplomat. He's a they bureaucratic. He, yeah, they just say he's kind of like a he like kind of uh, snuggles up to high society, I guess. They, he's known as the Baron. This guy Yoschek or Yosek. So they so Batman has an interaction or an interrogation with him to get all the information that he has on this guy Wormwood, the interrogator. And from there, we see it seemingly turns out that uh, the Baron wants to exact revenge on Batman for humiliating him. So he decides he wants to get Batman's cape and cowl. And Wormwood inquires as to why he wants the cape and cowl, but he in return says that he won't tell him why he wants the cape and cowl unless Wormwood will tell him how he got these bonds and why and where they are and who put him up to it. And Wormwood plays coy, so in turn, the Baron also plays coy. But Wormwood accepts the job nonetheless and decides he's going to go try and get Batman's cape and cowl. There's an initial trap that he tries to get Batman's cape and cowl with involving a train and a hollow... Old West, like, uh, Snidely Whiplash type... Yes. Uh, he puts a lady tied up on train tracks and sends a train after her. Yes. And it turns out to be a hologram. Neither. It's, it's not a successful. Batman doesn't have to give up his cape and cow. It's not successful. So Wormwood decides he's going to put Batman himself in danger rather than somebody else. And then he figures that that's going to be the plot that will eventually get Batman to give up the cape and cow. By the way, I feel I should mention here, Snidely Whiplash was the villain of the Dudley Do-Right cartoon, <laughs> uh, which is before my time, but they did do a live-action movie with Brendan Fraser, which was pretty dope when we were kids. Yeah, I don't, so. I don't know if it would hold up today, but I do remember appreciating that movie uh, at the time. So don't if you go back and watch it and it's abysmal, don't say that we recommended it as like an Academy Award winning film. No, but but it was it was a great in that era where like everything got made into a live action movie like Mr. Magoo and Inspector Gadget and that that was one of them. We're big Brendan Fraser guys. <laughs> yes. Also, so that makes part of the Renaissance. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, from there, Batman is put into a second death trap where, where he, uh, I'm dying over here. That was great. And uh, and he's in the house, in basically in a house of uh, like a wax museum, and he gets into this like back room where there's just all these wax sculptures that I guess are waiting to be sculpted into people, and then there's a giant light that melts all the wax. Batman breaks the light, but behind the glass of the light is poison gas. And so Batman finally relents and gives up the cape and cowl. He does have a cool little bandana on with a with eye with, like that comes down over his eyes. Sort of a, a teenage mutant ninja turtle esque yeah. looking mask. Yeah. So to protect his identity, so Wormwood does not learn the true identity of Batman in the scene. But and then uh, he so Wormwood takes it to to Yo, to who he thinks is Yozek, gives him the cowl, uh, asks what Yozek wants it for, and of course he says. I'm, uh, only if you tell me what you did with those bearer bonds. So finally, Wormwood relents and tells him, at which point it's revealed that it was all a swerve. Yep. And uh, Batman was, in fact, impersonating Yosek. This entire time. Uh, yeah, from from the moment, I guess, that he interrogated the Baron, every contact Wormwood had 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 been Batman in disguise the whole time. 
And uh, from there, there's a little fight, and then Batman wins, and they have a recorded confession from this guy, Wormwood, and uh, he goes to jail. So, tale is almost time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that it's it's fun, it's self-contained, it is, uh, it is... It is cool because you get Batman, the escape artist. You, yeah. We haven't reviewed the episode just yet, but the episode with Zatanna where you learn that he was this escape artist and he was trained by a magician. So this allows you to kind of see that in action. He uh, has to use his brain to figure out how he's going to get out of there. And ultimately, he's outsmarted sort of by Wormwood. So that kind of puts this guy Wormwood as a as a... I guess a worthy foe. They do have a hand-to-hand combat fight that lasts a little bit longer than I feel like <laughs> a fight between this guy who's just a death trap creator and Batman should last. Right. But I think overall, I think it's it's pretty fun. I, I gave um and a solid plot, very fun. Gave it a nine out of ten. What about you? Yeah, I mean that's a ballpark. I gave it eight out of ten. Um yeah, it's just a fun little episode. It's obviously, like we said, not super consequential to the rest of the series or anything. But I like the idea of... It really does seem like, for most of this episode, like Batman's just completely outmatched and being outfought constantly. And the little reveal at the end that really he's been sort of in control and, and playing this guy the whole time is uh, is a nice one. And uh, I like that they kind of kept that part a secret from the audience as well. Because it's a really cool reveal where... Yosek turns around in his chair and then all of a sudden stands up and he's covered in shadow and you see him put on the bat uh, cape and cowl and then uh, yeah that's kind of getting into visuals there but it's a, it's a cool moment and I like that they kept that bit of, bit of the plot a secret from the, uh, from the audience until that moment I agree yeah I, I think that not cluing the audience in that Batman was playing this guy the whole time leads to that same you're in the same space as Wormwood was at that time so very, very, very cool uh, plot device there. All right, moving on, Liam, let's talk about animation as well. You you got into it a little bit there. As far as the reveal at the end, that was one of the highlights for me. Yeah. Um, it, when he, he turned his chair around, Wormwood is questioning why he wanted the cape and cow after he's now divulged his information. He wants the answer, and Batman turns around. And he, you know, he delivers the line because he's going to wear it. And he come, turns around, and he, it's Batman, and he throws a, a mask down for Yotsek and uh, reveals that he's been playing Wormwood the whole time. Really, really good. I feel like everybody was pretty on model for this episode. Yeah, yeah Batman looks cool. We get the debut of the Bat Signal to the series, which is kind of one of those things that I did wouldn't have thought about I just kind of imagine the bat signal being one of those things like the Batmobile or the plane or any of those things that are just always around. Right. Um, so the idea they actually they actually make a point of introducing it in this episode. You get you see the shot of it shining in the sky, and then Batman and Gordon talk about how Gordon has this new tool to uh, to summon Batman when he needs him. But uh, yeah, I thought that was cool, and I think the 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 death traps, especially the one in the wax museum are really cool and it's really intricate some of the backgrounds and stuff in that in those scenes all the wax figures that he walks through when he first gets to the, the stool and you know the way the wax looks as it's melting and all the the figures sort of slowly melting into just this pool of wax uh, really really well done and uh really i think a really unique visual style and then 
as you mentioned, just you know, when he puts on the mask at the end and, and reveals that it's been Batman the whole time, there's just like a solid maybe 30 seconds where he's just kind of, where Batman is just kind of lurching towards Wormwood and he's just in shadow the whole time. And Wormwood slowly backs up and then he kind of turns into a full sprint and you see Batman come out after him and the cape is flying, hashtag cape movement, <laughs> in the background. And it's it's really cool and it... For the whole episode, like we said, it seems like Batman has been so outmatched and sort of, uh, you know, put at his wit's end by by this guy. And then at the end, to see him become more of that almost mythic creature of the night and really strike fear again into this criminal's heart was really, really well done. Yeah, I think one of the other great scenes is the final scene where you find out Wormwood's in prison and he gets a package in the mail and it's it's... On the package is a note written very similarly to how Wormwood wrote his clues to get Batman or his victims to show up. And so he he opens the package. It's Batman's cape and cow, and he hurls it towards the screen. You see the, you see the cape and cow come flying towards the screen, and then they cut to it kind of floating down into the corner with this, this attached note to it, and then the note sort of, sort of unfurls, and there's the, the Batman symbol. And the it, Bat stationery. We have, ba- yeah, out. Batman has stationery. Who, who <laughs> thunk it? Uh, yeah, it's, it, it was a great visual overall. I think the characters look unique, and, and a Worm One has a little bit of Edward Nigma in his face a little bit, I think. Yeah. But it, a completely unique, otherwise, uh, character, as is the Baron, and of course, you really it's the Baron, that guy at the very beginning who's the 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 courier, and then Jim Gordon and Batman, like are, are your main people that you yeah, see. It's a in very this small, very small cast, cast. characters here. No Alfred or even some of those other ancillary characters like a, you know Summer Gleason or Bullock or somebody like that. So it's very very small cast there. Absolutely, uh, I went ahead and gave animation a eight out of ten. What about you? And I also gave visuals and animation an eight out of ten. Uh, really strong episode. Like I said, just it felt very unique, even within this world of uh, so many fun and interesting visuals. I thought they they really knocked it out of the park. There you go. All right, let's talk about music, Liam. What uh, would you have uh, for notes on music? Pun intended. <laughs> Haha. Uh, not a lot of stuff came to mind for me for music. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing bothered me either. I didn't think there was a, like a really strong theme one way or the other. There's some cool atmospheric music at the start of the episode when the, the diplomatic courier is being confronted by Wormwood and the, the fight scene near the end. And of course, always getting a few notes of Shirley Walker's Batman theme when that comes in is nice, but nothing really, really stood out to me. Uh, what about you? Um, I think that the scene with the train uh, has some good background music. They always do mm-hmm. chase scenes and high intensity scenes like that very well. I thought that the scene w- where he's locked away in the wax museum and the the light turns on and the wax begins to melt that sort of has the um, the intensity sort of uh, turned up a little bit. I would say, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's really really strong. I think that it's it's not the best. I think there could have been with a character like this that is unique and maybe a one episode or one off. I can understand why they wouldn't necessarily want to invest in a huge production of a theme song. And I don't know that you necessarily would have needed one um, in this episode, but that could have taken like a a particular Wormwood theme would have, would have, would have done, 
done taking my score up probably a notch or two. But and, uh, we've talked about that with certain other episodes that didn't have necessarily a big time supervillain like uh, Pointman in Crime Alley or uh, uh, The Forgotten, for instance. Both neither of those are really your your stereotypical Batman adventures, but those both have very memorable scores and and really made those episodes stand out even more than they perhaps otherwise would have. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, for that reason, and because there's not not a lot of strong music, it's not a not a not a uh, detriment to this episode, but just nothing really strong out there. I went ahead and gave a seven out of ten. Yeah, I went uh, I went six out of ten. So same same ballpark. Nothing super special, but uh, I do like like I said the music and the the last couple minutes there from the reveal of Batman all the way through that final fight. I think is is pretty well done. So. Yeah, uh, a solid one thumb up for that, I think. There you uh, go. It's all right. All right, William, let's go to our final category, voice acting. Uh, We have a couple of, uh, like you said, it's a pretty small cast overall, but a few people that you might recognize, one including who we just talked about just a few episodes ago. Uh, Let's talk about our cast for this week's episode. Yeah, so uh, our, our main cast, as we mentioned, very small this week. Only two regular actors we have are, of course, Kevin Conroy's Batman, who he's uh, he, he's pretty good here. I think, again, it's a little bit, because for most of the episode, at least, you're supposed to at least think that he's kind of being put, really put through the ringer on this one, and he's sort of expressing his, uh, his desperation almost in some of those scenes. Um, so I think Kevin does a pretty good job here. And uh, Bob Hastings, as, as Commissioner Gordon provides most of the levity of the episode by uh he's sort of constantly very much almost like the old adam west commissioner gordon uh, from the, from that series uh just constantly befuddled by these riddles that uh <laughs> these rhyming messages that uh that uh wormwood is sending to to the police department and to batman and batman of course instantly solves it and, and commissioner gordon is sort of routinely left there going oh oh yeah yeah i knew that too (laughs) i thought bob hastings was pretty funny in uh, in his sort of minor role here and then yeah as you mentioned uh we have two other to talk about the baron yosek uh well i guess technically he's also playing batman in this episode true Uh, uh, a pretty well-known actor uh john rise davies who most famously certainly uh was the villain in the princess diaries 2 um I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. Uh, but uh, now, most famously, he was Gimli, the uh, the dwarf uh, in the Lord of the Rings trilogy okay. of movies, the Peter Jackson trilogy. Um, he's great in those movies. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I adore Lord of the Rings. Guy. Yes, uh, me and our sister were uh, just huge Lord of the Rings fans when we were kids. And, uh, so it was cool to see him uh, show up in the in the cast for this episode, uh, albeit in something of a minor role. And so yeah, I thought it was cool to uh, to see that uh, familiar uh, name in the credits there. And then, as you mentioned, someone we just talked about recently in our review of the episode, the Superman episode, Fun and Games, the Toy Man himself, Bud Court, back in our uh, back in our cast here this week as uh, Josiah Wormwood, aka the the Death Trap Master. Uh, I think he does a good job. It is a little distracting, I think, once we realize that it was Toy Man's voice. Like, that always happens. We've talked about that before with, uh, with any, any time or, you know, someone that went on to play a more memorable role later on sure. shows up in an early episode. So, but I don't think he's bad at all either. No. I think, and I like, 
I mean, it's funny. His name is Wormwood, but he he plays a the word I would use to describe him is kind of wormy. Like he's yeah, kind he's of a sleaze ball. Yeah, he's a sleazy guy. He's extorting people and taking money. They they mention that the the bearer bonds he's stealing are supposed to go towards foreign aid for a country in need, and he's just trying to steal these to sell them on the black market or whatever. So he's just they really set off that he is really quite a slime ball, and uh, it it feels good to see you know Batman get the best of him and, and, and kind of get the last laugh, as you mentioned, with that scene at the end in the jail where he sends him the cowl. But, uh, yeah, overall, uh, I give voice acting 7 out of 10. I think it's strong, good. I don't think anyone is, like, out of this world great in this episode, especially coming off last week. I think the score is a little skewed coming off of uh, Perchance to Dream that we reviewed last week, um, where that was maybe one of Kevin Conroy's greatest performances ever. Um, and this one was just good. So it's almost like there was nowhere to go from, but down after that episode review. But, uh, yeah, certainly nothing bad. I didn't think I gave it a, uh, eight out of 10. So I'm right there with you. I think that, um, I think what gave it that extra nudge for me was that transition between when Batman reveals that it's Batman, where the, the voice changed between the Yotzek to, to Batman's voice, uh, done really, really well. So, um, the voice acting between the two of them, the transaction transition between this character is clearly not Kevin Conroy, uh, to Kevin Conroy's Batman voice, I thought was done really well. So I really appreciated that. Yeah. I, I think it's a, it's a strong enough episode and, uh, there wasn't like, it's a smaller cast. So I think that that, that, uh, allowed for, for people to shine, but it also maybe allowed for some of those, some of those things that, like you said, recognizing Toy Man's voice, as Bud Court is, it maybe unfortunately took that score down just like a, a hair or something like that. But yeah. overall, very very strong. So that will bring us to our final scores of the day, Liam. Um, totaling up everything for me, I have a total of thirty-two out of forty, which is very respectable. What about you? Absolutely, I'm not uh, too far behind you there at twenty-nine. Okay, out of forty. So uh, I think you liked it a little bit more than me, but. I guess we can now jump into our, as we always do, our rewatchability talk. And I don't think this is a super consequential episode if you're just trying to watch the tippy-top, best of the best. I don't think you need to watch it. But if you're just looking for a fun episode, I would say yes. So I would say one thumb up. <laughs> yeah, maybe one thumb up again. See it? Yeah, I would say as far as fun is concerned, yeah, go ahead and watch it. It's not pivotal to understanding who the Batman character is. It doesn't really... There's like we said, this is the one and only appearance of this Wormwood character. It's a great, great um, opportunity to see a adaptation, I guess, of a of a comic book go very well yeah. in animation. Um, I would be curious to go back and read the comic book and see how that that sort of matches up to the episode. But uh, yeah, I, I would I would be I would lean towards to see it if you were had to pick one of them. But it's it's not a mandatory it's not mandatory viewing. Yeah, I think that's fair, and, and we've we've talked about that. Some episodes are must watch, some episodes are should watch, and some episodes are yeah, you sh- it's good. <laughs> and some episodes are never watch, right? <laughs> like uh, the one we talked about last week. Yes, yeah, so let's never talk about that episode again. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Stricken from the <laughs> stricken from the canon. That's right. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Well, that will wrap us up for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. It's been awesome talking about this episode. Make sure that you tweet us any feedback at DCAU Review. That's where Liam runs our Twitter page. Don't forget, you can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or 
Spotify. You can also check out the archives at DCAUReview.com. Check out all of our categories, past episodes, and uh, of course you can stream and download right from the website as well at DCAUReview.com. That will wrap us up for this week's episode. I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. We'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Goodbye.